Greetings and welcome to week six of By Way of Reminder, Paul's Preservation. Thanks again to those who responded to last week's issue. My mother was the only one who caught the spelling error. Perhaps I should offer prizes for mentioning my mistakes. I always appreciate the feedback, input, and notes. The Bible is rife with accounts of people whom God preserved in terrible situations. The odds were clearly stacked against these folks. Think about the seafaring Noah, the adulterous David, or the Old Testament prophets, to name a few. All of redemptive history demonstrates people not getting what they deserve on both sides of the coin, showcasing the great sovereignty of God and his plan for furthering his kingdom. Rather than make a complete list of case examples, I would like to focus on one specific person in one specific time, Paul on his journey to Rome. The preservation Paul experienced in his lifetime should give us pause. Not only was this murderer given a second chance, he was eventually given authority over his former victims in the name of Christ. Think about the irony, in that there are few biblical figures from whom we draw so deeply, yet can you imagine a New Testament without the preserving hand of God on Paul's life? It doesn't stop at large, grand examples of how God turned this man around for his purposes, however. There are small details that are easily glazed over in the myriad of fantastic events. On one particular journey, Acts 27-28, details deliverances that threaten to thwart Paul's monumental trip. He encounters new obstacles as his journey reaches a crescendo, including shipwrecks, snake bites, and attempted murders. Reactionary sovereignty? Tracing the perils and deliverances through these chapters is a really exciting read, even if you are familiar with them. It is clear that Paul was destined for the mission God gave him, and nothing would stand in his way, including a serpent he tossed into the fire, for those of you interested in symbolism. What a fantastic reminder and example of how God works in the ends and the means. Conversely, I recently passed a church sign that read, What we are is God's gift to us. What we become is our gift to God. Conversely, to quote one of my favorite pastors, Do you smell what I'm stepping in? Though the only true response to overwhelming grace is to give God everything, we certainly have an abundance of witnesses that teach us what success looks like. Who defines and affords any man to do any good thing but God himself? No matter how much sin separates you from him, it is completely within his prerogative to bend and shape your life for his purpose, be that to your physical good or ill. That should bring you comfort. He has a way... Your job is to walk in it. I heard someone compare that journey to plowing a field. The plants will grow by the grace of God, but your planting them there is part of the means that he ordained. Sounds a bit different than becoming some great blessing back to him. eh? I'd like to take this opportunity to reject the current trend in our culture that we can somehow bless God beyond what he gives us the ability to become. He is Lord over the ends and the means. If not by his strength, we are merely striving against the wind. Hope-filled hindrance Though Paul is only one man among many cases in Scripture, the account is clear. He was destined for Rome, having been knocked from the saddle, literally, and preserved by God for something far greater than himself. I found something interesting in a commentary on this section in Paul's life. There is no end to the story. Why? Because this same story is repeated again and again throughout the history of the church. 
trusting in Jesus, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Father, the Word of God will continue to spread without hindrance and continue to change lives for the glory of God. I had forgotten about the two-year stay before rereading this passage. Paul lived in Rome during that time, under guard and at his own expense, waiting for his opportunity to appeal before Caesar. What became of him during these two years? Complete dedication to his mission in the place and time God had ordained. Another commentator writes, It is not wrong to care about Paul's well-being, but that is not what the book of Acts is about. Paul understood this. He knew that it was not about him, but about the gospel, and we hear this from him on several occasions. This is one of those bittersweet moments in the lives of great men of faith. When left alone in Rome, Paul used that time to the fullest, and those efforts led to unhindered spreading of the gospel. It was clear that Paul wasn't going anywhere for a while, but that didn't stop the work that God had brought him there to do. Tornadoes and Finances I have been blessed to see the Lord's preserving work many times in my own life. Some of these times were physical, where tornadoes passed just a few miles from my car, or fractions of an inch separated serious injuries from causing permanent blindness. Others were spiritual, where God used the prayers of my family and friends to guide me back to the Word, though I was enraptured by the evil forces in this world. I have been preserved through cases of inappropriate physical interactions with other people, financial crisis born from mismanagements, headstrong emotional rebellion against my parents, and so on. God has a plan, though I cannot see all of it. You and I will never know the full extent of what God has planned, but we must trust Him to direct our every step. Perhaps, at the time of reading this, you don't know what is required of you, or you're not sure if you're anywhere close to where you should be. Perhaps you aren't sure what God is preserving you for at all. Marriage? Specific ministry fields? A quiet life working with your hands? In those cases, I encourage you to dig into the Word, seeking direction and identity in Christ, not crisis. Reflect upon the amazing blessing that God has given you, the ways by which He has preserved you, and perhaps the specific goal he may have in mind for you through that preserving work. Take heart. There's nothing wrong with caring for the physical things, but try to keep the big picture in focus. Don't think of the waiting as torture, as James 1, 2-5 teaches. Rather, a means of preservation for the ends that God outlined for you before the beginning of time. His act of preservation from eternal damnation is universal to all found in him, yet specific to each of our obstacles and trials. There's a strange comfort in the middle of the storm, so long as you know who controls the wind and the waves. I read sections like this, and am comforted that the same God whom sheltered Paul continues to shelter us to this day. Do justly, love kindness, walk humbly, and stay tuned.